Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. If I bleed tonight, if I am sad tonight, I don't Hey everybody, welcome to a brand new episode of the Personal Podcast here on Patreon uh, or wherever you get your podcasts a day later. My name is Kenny McIntosh, joined as always by Mr. Finley Martin. Finn, how are you today? Kenny, I'm good. Yeah, yeah, can't complain. I'm doing all right. So, um, yeah, doing okay. How's yourself? I'm good. I'm good. I'm I'm, I'm very happy. I'm uh, the I'm 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 over. All my travel. I got home okay on Tuesday, so I didn't. Uh, I mean, those poor poor people traveling on Monday it was a tough day. But uh, luckily for me, I was going on Tuesday and I was not affected. So these yeah. things always seem to happen on bank holidays, don't they? There always seems to be a problem on a bank holiday. <laughs> if a problem's going to arise, it's going to happen on a bank holiday weekend. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, but no, so I'm good. Uh, new issue of the mags out today, so uh, people will be receiving that. Um, yeah, very, very, very good. Um, so, but we've got a lot to talk about today. So, I think let's let's talk about raw first, because then we've got the juice to get to, which is obviously the backstage drama. Um, juice then... Robinson, what's what's he been up to now? <laughs> what's he been doing? Oh, he oh. hasn't been causing mischief as well, has he? Oh no, let's not bring him into it. Not not somebody else. Um... <laughs> But, I think, um, well, it could be could be uh, Huvi Guerrera. Well, you know, the, could be the he culprit. Has, <laughs> he's got prior. Does the juice? <laughs> um, we will we will get to all that. But uh, let's talk about the go home raw for payback. Uh, feels like quite a quiet go home week. Um, obviously, there's a lot still. You know, the kind of Terry Funk, Funk and Bray Wyatt tributes. Uh, there's yeah. actually. Um, a video that WWE put on their uh, YouTube channel of like 35 to 40 minutes of people paying tribute to Bray Wyatt, which is uh, very heartwarming. 
um, would thoroughly recommend people check it out. Um, lots of people like Drew and Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, AJ Styles. Um, lots of people paying tribute to him, so uh, it's worth checking out. But um, yeah, so we opened Raw with Sami Zayn coming out. He was facing Damian Priest. Um, they had a match in which Damian Priest got the win. Um, JD McDonough was there, of course. Yes. yes, getting involved, and then afterwards he tries to come in and sort of raise uh, Priest's hand, but Priest does not want any of it. Because of the state of his business, uh, and then Kevin Owens shows up, and they start battering McDonough, and uh, Priest walks away uh, no, with, with no intentions to help Finn's pal, and that kind of sets us up on the story of the evening, which would set up, which would set up the tag team title pay per view match for Sammy and KO, and also the continued fracturing of the Judgment Day. What did you think of it? Well, all I can say is either Damien Priest is the biggest ingrate in wrestling or this is a ruse. This is a plan to trick Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. Because, I mean, um, J.D. McDonough came out. I mean, he helped Priest defeat Zayn. Uh, Priest scored the pin after the South of Heaven choke slam, And then after J.D. had basically gifted the match to Priest... You know, Priest was obnoxious to JD. You know, get away from me. I don't want anything to do with you. And then Kevin Owens rocked up and Owens and Zayn beat down JD and Priest did nothing to assist him. So, I mean, the thing is, I've been predicting for several months now that Finn Balor is going to become a champion. And each time, Kenny, I have been wrong. So I am loath to make a prediction that Balor... And Priest might win the belts at Payback this weekend in the, is it the Steel the steel City Street Fight? Yes. Yeah. Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens defend against Finn Balor and Damian Priest. So, I mean, I want to believe that Balor's going to receive his due and he's going to get a big win this weekend. I'd like to believe that's going to happen. And that JD will be involved in the finish. And then they'll all have this big hug and say, yeah, we fooled you. I'd like to see that outcome. But, you know, I've been fooled too many times for me to believe anymore, Kenny. It's like the uh, Bailey's going to return all over again. Remember that? Yeah, that's it. That's it. So, I mean, I think that would be, obviously, Zayn and Owens win. That's going to be like a happy ending and a crowd-pleasing outcome and everything. But if they retain the belts... I mean, who are they going to defend them against? The Viking Raiders, Kenny. <laughs> yeah. <doesn't laughs> I mean, you know, that's not very appealing to me. No. I mean, I guess we've got Drew McIntyre and Matt Riddle potentially could be contenders. But again, that's more like a TV match to me than a premium live event main event. And, you know, Drew and Riddle, I mean, it's, you know, it's a bit of fun, but. We all want to see Drew turn heel and do the, you know, top card thing again. And I'm not quite sure what they're waiting for there. Maybe until after Rollins returns against Nakamura. I'm not sure. Um, Maybe but yeah, I want to see, I want to see Balor and Priest win this weekend with JD involved and this be the next chapter of this storyline. Uh, yes. And I did, I did like on this show because obviously you know, the whole story was <clears throat> of, you know, uh, Priest not wanting JD around. And later on on the show, we had a segment with, um, you know, uh, Rhea Ripley telling uh, 
Priest and Balor that if they don't walk out with the gold at the end of payback, there will be changes. So she is uh, calling the shots with uh, the Judgment Day at the moment. An ultimatum, Kenny. An ultimatum. Um, elsewhere on the show, we found out we were, we're so we're going to get Chad Gable and Gunther's uh, IC title match next week on the show, not at payback. So we saw Gable taking on Ludwig Kaiser here. Um, we got a, got some uh, some promo stuff beforehand. Um, <laughs> which I mean, Gunther, was, Gunther was really funny, wasn't he, at the beginning of this? Yeah, he was very funny. Uh, it's, Ian Chad Gable has done nothing except piss me off. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I, I thought it was good. It was uh, there. I, I saw some people kind of criticizing you know, Gable still doing his, his comedy stuff. But he's in a he's in a he's in Alpha Academy, who have kind of got to where they are based on their comedic stuff. So if he was just to completely not be that character, it would feel quite untrue to what he's going to do. So. I liked it. I thought the match with him and Kaiser was decent. Uh, Vinci obviously ran in at the end to break it up for a DQ. And Otis ran in. Uh, Gunther did come in and tried to powerbomb Gable, but he slipped out of it. Got the ankle lock in. Um, and then, obviously, Imperium helped, so Gunther was able to leave Gable lane with the powerbomb. So, they've set it up, and uh, I'm looking forward to that match next week. Yeah, definitely. I mean, so, I mean, that's, that's going to be on the 4th of September. Yes. And then... If Gunter returns there, I'm expecting a big celebration on the 11th of September, because by that point, Gunter will be the longest reigning Intercontinental Champion ever. Yes. Um, so I think actually this match between Gunter and Chad Gable, I think that should main event uh, Raw next week. And I think they should give it like 18 minutes, 20 minutes. And I think they should make us you know, lay that match out so it really, really, really looks like Chad's going to win. And I think if they do that, it's going to take like quite a few minutes before we're willing to suspend our disbelief. You know, yeah. Gunter could actually lose before he breaks Honky's record. Um, but I mean, you know, this is WWE and they know how to book these sort of things. And I think that match is going to be special next week. So I'm really looking forward to it. Um, elsewhere on Raw, <laughs> I would say we had LA Knight. But we had the Miz coming out cosplayed it's LA night. Um doing an impersonation back and forth. He's doing the whole shtick. And then he takes all the gear off and says that you know, night's pathetic, um, and that, you know, people are pandering to him. Miz doesn't do catchphrases, even though he has a catchphrase. Um, <laughs> uh, he says he's awesome but he says he's awesome because it's the truth, not that it's a catchphrase, and then he sort of uh, says that uh, He's going to take care of it, payback, and close with an M-I-Z, yeah, at the end. So um, I think Miz in the past has spoofed Steve Austin. No, he's spoofed The Rock. He's spoofed John Cena. Yeah. And now he's spoofed LA Knight. So where did this rank for you in terms of uh, the Miz's parodies? Yeah, I mean, I thought I thought it was pretty good. I mean, people were chanting along with him, which was funny, which I don't think they were supposed to be doing. Uh, Miz was out there with all this extra... You know, suntan, all this extra uh, fake tan on his arms and his face. I mean, he looked a bit like Adam Cole, didn't he? You know, it was so inconsistent, you know, the spray <laughs> tan. It was like, is it Adam Cole, you know, but like 50 pounds heavier? Or is it MJF, you know, with his inconsistent spray tans as well? Um, yeah, I mean, I know it was pretty good. I mean, it's all based on the match, isn't it? I mean, we've got this match this weekend, which is a big test for night. 
Um, I think the match with Balor on SmackDown, it was good last week. Well, decent. I mean, you know, we want to see more from Knight in the ring. He can't just do these four or five minute matches where he does his signature moves. You know, it's all very predictable. As I said, I think it was last week or the week before, Knight needs to, there needs to be more depth to his matches. It's feel very superficial. And I think this match with The Miz is a big test for him. I know Miz is really feeling, he's very animated at the moment. You can tell that he's really, he sees this as a big, big deal for his character and for his status. And potentially he's got his contracts coming up quite soon. And, you know, is he going to get that extension? I think he will. I think they'll retain him. But I think this is a big match for both. Um, So, I mean, Knight's got to bring, got to show us something new in this match, Kenny, at payback on Saturday, I think. What do you think? Yeah, and it's, it's going to be difficult because Miz is someone who doesn't very often have compelling matches. He's he's a compelling character sometimes, but he, the matches are not always there. So it's going to be an uphill battle for him to do something special with Miz. But, you know, maybe that's the test that he needs to see if they can do something that we're going to be remembering or if it's just going to be, uh, you know, your bog standard match that nobody thinks about two weeks later. So Yeah, just some filler. I mean, it's like, the thing is, if Knight is going to go further than this, he's going to have to show us more than he has so far. So, I mean, this is the thing in wrestling, is that if you want to go to the top, you've got to have, you know, top card ability. Um, And Knight's been doing this a long time. So has Miz, of course. Um, So it's up to them, really. I think this is, I think this is the biggest match of Knight's career. You could say, well, the match at Royal Rumble was. Well, that obviously didn't work out very well for LA Knight. But I think this one will with Miz in terms of him going over. But I think the important thing is that the match really delivers in the ring. Yeah, I agree. Um, So we also had Seth Rollins coming out. He was talking about uh, facing Nakamura at a payback. Um, He challenged Nakamura to come out. So then we got a video with Nakamura training, uh, talking subtitles again. Another great video. Um, and then Rollins is sort of, you know, saying what happened to the Shinsuke who headlined the Tokyo Dome, where's the guy that set the world on fire in NXT. Um, and he's sort of bad mouth until suddenly Nakamura appears in the ring, kicks Rollins in the back of the head and uh, basically told him to watch his back, sits, uh, cradles Rollins' head in his arms, hits him with another kick. Yeah, I mean, this right in the face. You know, it looked really good, that last kick. Where has this Nakamura been? I mean, this Nakamura, we could have done with him five years ago, four years ago, three, you know, insert year number here. But I mean, this guy is way more compelling than, than anything he's done probably since, you know, he came to NXT in 2016 in Dallas. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, but there again, they're presenting him in a way that's playing to his strengths. You know, he was there, you know, in the training video and Nak looked like a killer. And obviously Nakamura did real fights. Yeah. Like 20 years ago, when he was part of New Japan. You know, he's had quite a few real fights in his career, so he's a genuinely tough guy. I mean, I'm not sure how many WWE fans are aware of that, and I'm not sure if that really matters. It's not something they've ever really mentioned on the air. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's um, it feels to me like they've found Nakamura. They've found the guy that can be a, can be a top guy, and um, he's, he's he did really well here in this promo. But, it, but you know, this... It's like we were talking before SummerSlam, weren't we, about Ronda Rousey and um, Shayna Baszler. And they ended up doing the the sit-down interviews, and that worked really well. Fortunately, the match at SummerSlam didn't, but, you know, the promos to promote it did because it was in a, 
environment in which they felt comfortable and they could express themselves without getting flustered or losing the train of thought or being distracted by the crowd. And I think Nakamura, this is the ideal way to present him because he can speak in his native tongue. They can put subtitles on the screen so we understand what he's saying. And it just works, doesn't it? It's that simple. It's like you're playing to the guy's strengths. It's like the whole Paul Heyman, you know... um, Hide the, hide the weaknesses, accentuate the positives. Yeah, the Paul Heyman philosophy, yeah. Uh, accentuate the positives and conceal the negatives or the weaknesses. And it's just real basic stuff. And yeah, you, but we can say, well, you know, why haven't we seen this Nakamura before? You know, really, I think the bigger question is, why didn't WWE do this before? I think that's, that's the more, you know, um, relevant or pertinent question that we should be asking. And I'm glad that they did it here. Yeah, 100%. Um, and then we also had uh, Rhea Ripley coming out later on the show. She uh, talks about Raquel, uh, Raquel Rodriguez. And she talks about, you know, uh, she had to play up an injury to sort of get one over on uh, Rhea. And then, of course, Rhea comes out. And uh, they just have they have this fight. And, uh, you know, Dom's in there trying to, trying to get Raquel away. Uh, Ripley sort of uses this distraction. She headbutts Raquel. And then she goes for the riptide, but Rodriguez blocks it. She gives her a hip toss. She clotheslines her, rolls it, uh, re-rolls out the ring. Dom's there with her. And uh, I mean, this was great. This segment, you know, made me really want to see the match. And I think, you know, I know we wish we'd seen it at SummerSlam. And I, I still would like to have seen it then. But I'm happier to see a bit of build towards this that is making Raquel seem a bit more like a person than we usually get to see her. Well, that's it. She seems like tough. We've been complaining for be over a year now, won't it? About Smiley Raquel and, you know, this character might play well at, you know, autograph signings and personal appearances, but doesn't in the ring, really. And it's like this 1980s, you know, happy-go-lucky, smiley babyface character. And, yeah, it's all right for a first-match player, but I think they see more in Raquel than that, and I always have done. Um, And uh, I think this match... This is a big match, I think, for both. Because, I mean, you know, Rhea hasn't done a whole lot. We were talking about this, was it last week or the week before? Rhea's done very little uh, since she won that belt. And she's more been um, Dominic Mysterio or other members of the Judgment Day's, you know, sidekick or, you know, henchwoman or bodyguard or whatever. And she's been very effective in that role. Absolutely, she has. And she's really over. But we haven't seen that much from her in the ring, have we, Kenny? No, we've not. And yeah, I mean, this this is a big test. Natalia or something. I mean, there was no real question over who would win that. And who did she wrestle at Backlash? Was it? It was Zelina, wasn't it? Zelina Vega. Zelina, yeah. yeah. I mean, that was a really good match because the audience were rooting for Zelina. And that worked really well on the night. But had that match taken place anywhere else, it would have just felt like a TV match. Yeah. And that, you know, that would. Yeah, I mean, it's. I think that this match is going to be good for both of them. Rhea obviously has been killing it as a character. Raquel has obviously got something we've seen in NXT for for ages. But um, when she, the thing about this feud that has been good is that she's been less smiley Raquel than she usually has, and that is the key. Even if she's a babyface, you know, be, you know, it's like I mean, this is not the same thing, but it's like when when Diesel turned babyface in WWF. You know, he became a bit smiley Kev. And, you know, that 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 wasn't that good. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't that good. <laughs> smiley Kev. 
<laughs> but I mean, he wasn't as bad as Raquel, who just has become this kind of robot, it's like a children's TV presenter. Yeah, just this like over you know over the top sort of Holly Willoughby type energy, which is just not what you want. Um, so um, <laughs> anyway. Uh, uh, well, is yeah, Holly still the golden girl? I'm not sure if she still is. No, I, I, I think when you know things and you don't say anything and it comes out in the wash, yeah, you, your days are numbered. But um, yeah. there, there was potentially a little message <clears throat> sent Tony Khan's way with the main event Raw this week because uh, Becky Lynch and Zoe Stark main evented the show with the Falls Count Anywhere match. Yeah. Um, because obviously women's wrestling has been something that has been, you know, a topic in both WWE and AEW. WWE with SummerSlam, the lack of women's matches, AEW with only one match on All Out or All In, sorry. Um, I, mean, I think there'll also be one women's match on All Out, but that's not a story. Um, so, <laughs> uh, I mean, it's easy to get confused when they keep bombarding us with these shows. I know, I know, my God. Um, after this weekend, we will have a break for a while. So, at least we can relax a little bit for a few weeks. Um, but anyways, Becky lets Zoe Stark. Falls can anywhere match. They go up at 16 minutes. Becky wins in the end. Trish is out there trying to do all the distraction stuff. Um, this is a big night for Zoe Stark. Because uh, this is, you know, she's got to see if she can hang in this spot. How did she do and what did you think of the match? I mean, I thought she did all right. But I mean, she's not, she's not connecting with the audience, is she? And this is, you're going back to... You know, the famous MGF style promo that Becky Lynch um, did on Stark, where in which she said, you don't have any personality. And, you know, unfortunately, Becky's right. Zoe doesn't. So I'm glad that Trish was out there. And this wouldn't have been booked in the main event had she not been out there and had she not been interfering liberally. And at one point, uh, Becky nailed her with a Kendall stick all the way backstage and then Trish resurfaced again for the finishing sequence and they fought at ringside, they fought into the timekeeper's area, they fought over the barrier into the crowd. So I think they really ticked all the boxes when it came to false count anywhere and giving people a lot of action, a lot of, you know, some stunts, some extras and a lot more than you would expect from a normal match. So I thought it really worked there. Um <clears throat> So, I mean, yeah, in the end, I thought maybe Lynch, maybe just kicked out of a little bit too many things. You know, I was getting some super Cena vibes here at various points, <laughs> you know, which, and since he's returning this week for, is it seven weeks or something? Yes, <laughs> John Cena will be back for seven weeks. I mean, oh, I mean, I'm... you know the reason why they're doing this, because Negotiations, TV negotiations are probably at a critical phase now. So yes. they think, right, we've got Cena back. It's going to bump the numbers up, certainly this Friday, probably the Friday after, and maybe other Fridays. So it's a ploy, I think, to try and get more money for the TV rights. Who can blame them? You know? Yeah, well, if they've not got Roman Reigns for the next, for September, October, and they get Cena instead. But the key is going to be here is that. You know, Cena's going to have to do something on these shows. Yeah. If he doesn't, not only, I mean, look, it would be great to hear you slowly dishevel each week on the podcast. That would be great to, to listen to. <laughs> but, you know, the audience will, will grow to understand what's happening if it's just, you know, kind of appearances where he does a wave. You know, yeah. will, will he be going to like Des Moines, Iowa and promising a stadium show? 
No, because he likes to just promise things that aren't <laughs> happening. Is he going to go to like you know Poughkeepsie and say Hogan's back next week in the main event? Like what? What steps is he going to get to 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 get a pop? That's it. That's it. Hulk Hogan. He don't wrestle in Battle Creek, Michigan, brother. <laughs> wasn't um, that the show? That was the famous Shawn Michaels yeah. promo. Was it? Was it Battle Creek, Michigan? I think it was. It was it somewhere was. like that, wasn't yeah. it? It was. <laughs> um, but yeah, I thought I thought Stark did Stark did okay here. Um, yeah, I, you know what, Kenny? I've written all my notes here, and I have like books everywhere. I make I make extensive notes of every show uh-huh. right, before. I should sell these books one day, shouldn't should? I? And I've got st- I've got Starks instead of Stark throughout it, so I had to cross out the S. <laughs> well, it's the problem with Ricky and Zoe being on it at the same time? We've got to try and remember who's got the S. Um, <laughs> See, yeah. we were confused at the best of times, aren't we, Kenny? You know? I know before you before you start doing that to us. But um, I mean, I, th- I I am I am very happy that this Saturday is the the Becky and Trish cage match because we're we're ready to be there now. Yes, we're ready to get we to are. Beach, we so. are. I mean, I did notice Trish had a massive, great bruise on her arm. Did you see that? Yeah, I, yeah. I, I don't know, how, I don't know that what what it was that caused that. But um, I mean, it's a good it's job she's a wrestler. It's a good job she's a wrestler, and everyone knows who she is. Because I mean, there's always she's always got like a broken nose or bruises or busted up. I mean, like yeah, her husband would get questions. Exactly. But I mean, Trish took loads of bumps here. She took this great bump on the announcer's table, just went flying. She got nailed with a Kendall stake numerous times all the way up the aisle and, um, you know, came out at the end. And, um, you know, Lynch um, accidentally, uh, I mean, one point Trish bulldogged Lynch through a table. I thought that was the point really. I thought, oh, Lynch, well, she's going to have to kick out of it because she can't really lose to Stark in the main event. Um, but that was a kind of super Cena moment there where Lynch kicked out of Stark's cover um, after the Bulldog threw a table. Um, Stark accidentally sent Stratus, Stratus flying through a table as they fought on these boxes, and then Lynch pinned Stark after a manhandle slam off the boxes through a table. And at the end, Lynch was she was in tears, wasn't she? She just yeah. lost it at the end there. You know, the yeah. break. And you know, it, you know, because I mean, a lot, a lot of these people who, you know, Bailey was one of the people in the tribute video as well, and I think a lot of these people, you know, they they were in NXT with them, or they were on the main roster with them for years and years and years. So you yeah, know, some people don't realise that, you know, how much somebody will mean to somebody because we maybe haven't seen them interact on screen that much. But um, yeah, a very uh, fitting end to have her with the armband. Um, yeah, but let's move on, Finn, to the drama. So. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. 
Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. I'll set it up and then I just want your, your thoughts. So the, the gist of it is, and we don't know the full extent, there's people from both sides of the camp that are talking so obviously Jack Perry a few weeks ago had wanted to do the spot with real glass on collision. CM Punk either was asked or was around to basically say, look, we're not you're not you don't need to use real glass. And Perry took offense to this. Um and Punk said, Look, you're not doing it here. If you want to do it on Wednesdays, go ahead. You're not doing it at collision. So obviously this has created some sort of tension from Perry's side. Um which then led to All In Weekend, where there's the story about Punk wasn't picked up from the airport, which we talked about Tuesday. Um, and then on the pre-show, Perry does that, is about to go through that windshield of that car and says, real, says into the camera, real glass, cry me a river. Um, and apparently what happened after this was when they went backstage, Hook and Perry, that Perry was walking past, Punk was there, and Punk said, do you have a problem with me? And Perry said, I said what I said, or I said, you know, see what I said on camera, basically. And this prompted some sort of fight, whether it's Punk pie-faced him or they shoved each other. Tony Khan was there when this was happening. Samoa Joe broke it up. Uh, There was then a potential that Punk and Joe weren't going to be able to go on first because of this situation. But in the end, Samoa Joe, I think his name's going, we're opening Wembley. We're not going on second or third. (laughs) Uh, which is quite right. So, uh, I mean, did, did somebody put it on Twitter? There was a sign uh, which read "CM Punk, no flips, just fits." Did you see that one? <laughs> That's a great sign. No flips, just fits. And there was also a great. I don't know if you saw this. There was a great sign at All In, and a so there was a guy who was front row for All In, and he had this sign. And Punk apparently saw the sign and laughed at the sign. And then the sign was taken off the guy, but it basically had the whole best in the world logo yeah. and text. And under it, it said best in the world at being a bitch. Um, and Punk found it really funny that somebody had written this sign about him. So anyway, so Punk comes out, they do the match, him and Samoa Joe. And, you know, the rest of it is kind of a bit sketchy. There's some people saying that Punk went to Tony Khan, said he's sick of this place, that he quits or whatever. And then there was an, an announcement by Monday that both CM Punk and Jack Perry have been suspended for this issue pending investigation, which if Tony Khan was there and he saw it, there shouldn't really need to be much investigation. You should know what happened. <laughs> he was right there, wasn't he? Yeah, you were in the room. Um, <laughs> so I guess my question to you is from what, you, from what you've heard and what you know, uh, what do you think of it and what do you think needs to be done, if anything? Um, well, I mean, I said on Tuesday, I mean, to me, Jack Perry should go. He should no longer be working there. I mean, for him to just break off from his match against Hook on the biggest show in this company's history, supposedly the biggest show in wrestling history. I don't think so, but that's what they were saying. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, he just, he was there. We've got the limousine there. And he says, you know what? This is right here. And then Perry patted the windscreen on the limousine. Real glass. Go cry me a river. And it was such a pointed remark directly into the camera. As I said on Tuesday, the announcers just ignored it. They couldn't, they couldn't acknowledge it. They were like, if they, I mean, you put the announcers in a bind there. 
Yep. So everyone watching who doesn't know the story is like, what's he on about? So then they're probably doing a little search on the phone. Why did Jack Perry say that? And so, oh, yes, look at what happened backstage. So instead of concentrating on the match and the show, people are then thinking about this lunacy that happened backstage where Perry wanted to use real glass in an angle. And I mean, nobody would have been any the wiser if he'd used fake glass. So why use real glass? I mean, it's just, you know, this isn't no combat zone wrestling and the ultraviolet tournament of death in 2005 where they felt like they had to do these things because their audience wouldn't accept um, anything that wasn't real. We know AEW has used prop barbed wire. It always does. It doesn't use real barbed wire. It uses props all the time that don't hurt, hurt as much as the real thing. And so they should, because it's pro wrestling. You know, I mean, why put yourself through it? And we know there's been you know, numerous instances in the past where people have been cut really badly with real glass in matches. Um, so why risk it? Um, and as I said, we talked about this before, Kenny, and I just thought it was outrageous that Perry would behave like a petulant child over this, I want to use real glass and start stamping his feet and having a tantrum. And that the agents or whomever was in charge um, of this uh, match or spot or angle or whatever it was, couldn't, you know, talk some sense into Perry. And that then CM Punk had to get involved. We know that Perry and Punk don't like each other. Perry made that very clear, that fan convention earlier in the year. We talked about that at the time. We know that Perry is an associate of the elite. He's on their side of, you know, the... Punk versus Elite War, we know, you know, who his um, affiliation is with. So to bring Punk into this situation was just going to inflame it. If you have no discipline backstage and you don't have this sort of chain of command, which you need backstage, where senior wrestlers are listened to by junior members of the roster. I mean, that's the way the pecking order works, isn't it? Yep. I mean, that's it. You know, this is, it works like this in every firm, and it's certainly supposed to work like this in wrestling. So if a senior member of the roster tells you, as a junior member of the roster, this is the way it's going to be, you say, okay. Yeah, I mean, also the thing is, it feels to me like, and look, I I am biased, I'll be honest. I, I am more on CM Punk's side with this one than I am on Jack Perry's. Based yeah, on so am I. Of course I am. But like to me, it's like Perry was in a huff. Because he got told he couldn't do what he wanted to do. Perry obviously is from Southern California. We know who his friends are. He has preconceived ideas of punk or or feelings of on punk, which are either valid or not. But the, yeah, and, the fact- and Gan Kenny, a sense of entitlement, right? Because he's got yeah. backup. Mm-hmm. Sense of entitlement, so he's got that as well. But it's like to me, when that happened, right? When when Perry did that, immediately. I would have got off headset, went over to Punk and said, look, I am going to deal with this, okay? I need yeah. you to not react to this right now, but I am giving you my word as the owner of the company. I don't appreciate, I'm, I'm, I'm not accepting what he just did and I will be speaking soon, but I need you in the biggest show we've ever done to just, you know, out of respect, not bring it up. So that's all, but I don't think that happened. And I think if that had happened, you know, that would have been a way to sort of squash that a little bit 
and make sure it didn't heighten. And then obviously, you know, the thing is now, now you're in a situation where Punk did physically go for him, but he was provoked to do so. So yeah. what do you do? And then you've got Collision, which, you know, as a show without Punk is like, what's the point? <laughs> you know, because it's kind of... Uh, We've got a pay-per-view this weekend in Chicago and he's apparently not going to be on it. Yeah, well, here's that. So this, I'm going to read you this card, right? And this is the card based on the fact that they do, they're doing the shows a week apart, but also based on last night's Dynamite and this week's Rampage. This is the card for All Out of this year, right? Which has got to be the weakest AEW card in history. So the first three matches we all do you, which were Luchasaurus, Darby Allen for the TNT title, Miro versus Powerhouse Hobbs, and Chris Statlander versus Ruby Soho. We knew those matches already. So the additional six matches that are made from last night slash Rampage are Orange Cassidy and Moxley for the international title, Kenny Omega and Takeshita in a singles match, FTR and the Young Bucks against Bullet Club Gold, the Guns, Jay White and Just Robinson. Uh, Adam Cole and MJF will be defending the ROH World Tag Team titles against the winner of the Battle Royal this Friday. And the winners are The Dark Order, Alex Reynolds and John Silver. Samoa Joe defend the ROH TV title against Shane Taylor. Shane Taylor. And a, tag, and a tag match of Eddie Kingston and Shibata against Claudio and Wheeler Utah. And then the final thing is, which is either going to be leading to a punk return. Well, I mean, it must be. On collision this Saturday, Ricky Starks will be challenging for a strap match at All Out, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. Which can't, I mean, I can't imagine Steamboat's in a position where he physically could have a strap match on pay-per-view. No, I wouldn't have thought so. I mean, I wouldn't so, have thought he'd put himself in that position at his age. I just so, can't imagine that he would. So maybe that is where Punk shows up and we get the return and he, and he does have the have the match on Sunday. I mean, if I was AEW, that's what I'd be doing because Starks and Punk feels like a big match. They've, they've had a feud all summer. That could be good. Starks and Steamboat doesn't feel like a big... I mean, that card, though, and I'm usually willing to give AEW the benefit of the card, but I mean, that is the worst card for a $50 pay-per-view. I mean, you would have thought there'd be Soraya and Tony Storm, something between those two. Yeah, I know they had, I know they had a kind of thing on Dynamite last night, but they're not on the show. Mm. Um, it, it, it feels to me like like a like a, like a, maybe like a a twenty dollar bonus pay per view you're doing or something. Yeah, I feel like the no, because obviously WWF tried to do the back to back thing with Survivor Series '91 and Tuesday in Texas, right? Yes, I to do that. Um, but the whole purpose of that was, of course, we had the we had the um, Undertaker Hogan match, didn't we? With the the belt, you know, yes. it was all you know, it was all a controversy over the finish. So the idea was we're going to do this Tuesday in Texas to resolve the controversy, and Jack Tunney will be at ringside, and Ric Flair will be there, and all that carry on. Um, and he didn't, you know, he didn't succeed, and they they never tried that again. But I mean, you know, AEW have 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 pretty much since the beginning they've they've done really good buys on pay per views, eh, no matter what for all, for all the pay per views. This will be an interesting one because if this still does well, then they kind of can just do well with whatever they've got. They don't really need, you know, the message will be there that that they can do that. I mean, to me, if you're going to do pay per views a week apart, you need to, you need to build it better. 
Um, I mean, they, they did make Forbidden Door 2 better than Forbidden Door 1, but yeah, I mean, this pay-per-view needs CM Punk, I think. I would say so. I mean, you sort of picture, don't you, Ricky, Ricky Starks and uh, Ricky Steamboat there and the strap goes on and then Punk's music plays and he comes out and he takes over. That's how we imagine it's going to play out. Yeah, or, or you know, he challenge, Starks challenges Steamboat on Saturday and Steamboat says, you know, look... I'm not in a position to have a match with you. I wish I could. And then Starks just beats the crap out of him with the, the strap. And then Punk comes out and accepts the challenge on Steamboat's behalf. Maybe Steamboat's yeah. in Punk's corner or something at the pay-per-view. That you do something like that. I mean, it, yeah, it feels it feels to me that I would be very surprised if Starks and Steamboat are having a strap match on Sunday. I would be yeah, I mean, I mean, I can't imagine that Ricky, Ricky Steamboat put himself in that position. He obviously took the beating from Starks on Collision a few weeks ago, and I thought that was a really good angle. Um, and, you know, Star, um, that was after Punk had beaten Starks in their rematch, and then Starks blamed Steamboat and beat him up. So I think Starks needs to receive his comeuppance, and Steamboat needs to beat him up as revenge to draw a line under this thing. But I can't imagine... I can't imagine that he's going to have a match. I just don't think he would put himself in that position. And I just don't think the match would be very good. I think they could have like about a 90 second, two minute exchange in which Steamboat, you know, whip stacks and hits him with some chops and maybe a body slam. But I can't imagine he's going to do much more than that. And it just wouldn't be prudent to me to put up. I mean, Ricky Steamboat's, I think he's in the early 70s, isn't he? To yes. put a guy of that age in the ring for, I mean, a lengthy period of time. I know people in the 70s have wrestled before and do wrestle, but uh, it's not a good idea. Um, and then I, I should mention that Punk actually, so Punk was always going to be at the Cauliflower Alley Club yesterday. He was yeah. never going to be at Dynamite, so that was not the plan. Um, he did have a great line that I want to read out So because he was accepting an award. And he said, when people tell me that they don't like me, or that the internet is mad at me, I just chuckle because Roddy Piper liked me, Dusty Rhodes liked me, and Harley Race liked me, and that means more than anything else in the world. So, you know, that was his, his way of... Uh, I, I will say this with Jack Perry. I think based on the fact that Punk has had the chances that he's had, I think give Jack Perry another chance, but I think there should absolutely be a, you know, this is your last chance. You cannot be on pay-per-view going off script. But then also, you know, I'm not defending Jack Perry, but you know, if, if you're if you're Jack Perry and you're young and you're trying to like make your mark and you're seeing that everybody who makes waves for themselves just goes off script or has a backstage fight or whatever, like that's an environment that's been fostered. So that environment needs to go. So like management also needs to take a bit of ownership on that, as well as you know, punishing Perry. But I think they need to accept that part of the reason that this has happened is because they've allowed it to happen. Yeah, they have allowed allowed it to happen. I mean, to me, you know, what Perry did at All In was just, that was a sacking offence. I mean, can you imagine if, like, you know, who <laughs> um, was, like, Hulk Hogan in 1988, right? Let's just say, who, who was a Jack Perry equivalent in the WWF in 1988? Say, like, Red Rooster like, or something. Who's that, sorry? Red Rooster or something. Somebody who's yeah, like... yeah or, or one of the Killer Bees or someone yeah. like that, right? Or one of the, you know, Jax Rougeau. Well, maybe Jax Rougeau was a bigger deal. But you know what I mean? Someone yeah. who's a second or third third match guy. If that person had said words to that effect about Hulk Hogan on a pay-per-view in 1988, they would have 
gone backstage and then they would have gone straight out the door and they would not have returned. They might have done in six months or a year. They might have been given another chance if they apologized profusely and, you know, did their penance and everything. But I mean, I'll go you one better. What if what if somebody had done that on pay-per-view in 1999 to Steve Austin? To Steve Austin. Yeah. A Val Venus or someone like that. Yeah, they would they would they wouldn't have they wouldn't have made it back to the hotel with a job that night. They wouldn't have you know it would have been immediate. So Yeah, they would have got through yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, remember what happened to Perry Saturn and the Mike Bell incident? Yep, yep. You know? And um he ended up with Moppy and he's tried to say, Well, they weren't connected. Well, we know they were. And it's just like, you know, you don't go into business for yourself in a match. Strangely, the APA were protected when they beat the hell out of the public enemy. But that's another story. Um, but yeah, Perry to me, he should. If I was AEW, if I was running AEW, he would already be fired. There's just no way he'd still be working there. You've got to send a message, and this is the problem. If you don't tackle this head on, it sends the message to everyone else in the locker room that you can behave however you please and you will not be punished. Okay, he's been suspended, but I mean. Where's the investigation? We all know what happened on the pay per view, and like he went backstage and he was brazen, bold as brass. It's like I said what I said. This is a junior member of the roster showing like you know total disrespect, you know contempt even for a senior member of the roster. This is not the way that pro wrestling is supposed to work, and pro wrestling cannot work like this because the machine breaks down. It's that simple. And, yeah, like, and if you're T, if you're uh, if you're Warner, you're going right. Great, we've got this second show. You know they're happy with it based on the numbers it does on a Saturday night. But if you've got CM Punk on there, they'll be going. Why? Why is this continuing to happen? Why are you yeah. guys not get this under control? Um, and you know wh- I mean, whether it's like, I mean Jack a, Perry's not indispensable. It doesn't matter whether he's there or he's not. Here's an example because somebody brought this up yesterday and I, I totally forgot about it. But you know, you know, Santana and Ortiz don't get on now. At all behind the scenes. I did hear that because I believe Santana wanted to go to WWE. Yes, so they they just do not get on at all anymore. But like you would never have known from the return and their pay per view match that they had when they were on the same team. You would never have known because they were professionals and they just yeah. dealt with it. So yeah, all very strange. I mean, by the time we record next week, hopefully Punk is back. Um, because you know this is a business, and you should be doing what's best for your business. And I think him being on that show on Sunday absolutely is. Because the longer it goes on, the more of an issue it becomes. I mean, yeah. there's a, there's a story out there from PW Torch that Punk was fined for the comments against Adam Page recently, which he absolutely should have been, and he paid the fine. So you know that that is what it is. But it's time to move on from that. But the longer it goes on it becomes a thing and it stays a thing in people's mind and there's a lot of people who don't like CM Punk they don't want him there but it's, yeah. not, their, it's not their company you know and I, don't get me wrong I, I'm sure that CM Punk is not the friendliest man in the world no I'm sure but at the end of the day it's like yeah it's it's not it's, it's not a friend's business no you're, it's not you're there it's to not. make money absolutely you are and and you're there to be professionals and like you know I've been an employee, I think, twice in my life. Mm-hmm. And um, there's like, there was people in both of those firms that I didn't like and didn't get on with. 
some of those one of them people that I really detested, but you just had to make the best of it because yep. this was your job. And you know, if it's your job, you can choose to continue doing the job or you can leave and go and get a job doing something else. And yep. we all have our choices in life, don't we? Exactly. Exactly. And like if you're making the choice that you're going to work for that company, and you know, this is wrestling, these people have paid a lot of money. Um, you know, grin and bear it, go along and you know, be professional, be cordial, be polite. You don't have to like someone. And this is the other thing, you know, about pro wrestling is that a lot of people just behave like prima donnas in it. And Jack Perry's obviously a prime example. It's like, well, who are you? You're not a big star. It's just like you shouldn't be behaving like this. You should be grateful that you've, I'm not saying be grateful that you've got a job, but, you know, you're somebody who's who's replaceable at any time. The AEW continues whether you're there or not. You know, also, you don't make a whole lot of difference to this company, right? And until you are a difference maker, when you're a difference maker, then you can start throwing your way around. Until that day, just get on with your job, do that job to the best of your abilities, and try and get on with your co-workers. It baffles me that, like, take and take away the personal level, right? Because the other thing is, you can get away with a lot if you're a big star, but you can't. Yeah. Not, and that's just the way it is. I mean, you've yeah. got Punk, who... Whether you like him or not, he's headlined pay-per-views with The Rock and Cena. He's faced Undertaker at WrestleMania. He's been big pay-per-view matches with Brock Lesnar. He's you know he's done a Mate, lot. He's of... sold a lot of merchandise for AEW. He got on this second show, so he's yep. done a lot for AEW, hasn't he? Yeah. So why would you not want to, you know, just you know it's that whole thing where remember it used to be you know, some dude a, a young wrestler would walk up and thank the headliner for the house back in the day. You know, thanks for thanks for the house tonight. Not saying it yeah. that with punk, but be thankful for the fact that he's there and trying. Because if I was seeing punk at this point, I think I'd probably leave. I'd be like, you know what? This is not worth it. You know, because no matter what what I do, what I say, what happens, I've just got constant grief. Yeah, and I'd I'd probably. So I think what they need to be careful of is I think I think he's going to be very close to <clears throat> choosing to not be there anymore. Because I don't think he's, I mean, because he's going to have made a lot of money from them in the two years he's been there. Yeah. Because he's, he's, he's been paid full, full, full whack the whole time. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a messy situation that I think they should just fix. Get him back for Sunday, have him do the match with Starks, and then, uh, you know, keep Jack Perry on Wednesdays if you're going to keep him around. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, that's it. And, um, I mean, I've said all I need to say about Jack Perry, and um, it's it's just up to management. I mean, the thing is, you can start saying, well, management needs to do this, management needs to do that, but they're not doing these things they need to do. Yeah. So until they do do the things they need to do, then these problems will keep occurring. It's that simple. Indeed. Well, listen, that's all the time we've got for just now. We'll be back next week. Um, we will have loads to talk about, I'm sure. Uh, we will do an overrun over on Patreon, so do go and join us at patreon.com forward slash Inside Ropes. And the new magazine, Inside the Ropes Magazine, issue 36, is out now. You can pick it up at insideropesmagazine.com. I do just want to say, from my perspective, um, if you do get the mag this month, you will notice the paper quality is a bit thinner, um, but that is because prices are going up across the board and um, you know changes have to be made, but we are happy with the overall product now, I think the actual quality of the paper is better. Um, the photos pop more. The text is better. 
So we wanted to keep all the quality we could of the magazine while making it sustainable long term, which is what we've done. So uh, yeah, that is the reason. If you're a subscriber, you get getting a mail shot with more info on that. It's a better better paper for the climate as well, which in these climate times is also pretty good to be on the right side of that. So I just wanted to give a quick mention to it and mention that's why. Uh, but the quality of journalism and the quality of all the stuff that we've got in the mag will continue. So insidetheropesmagazine.com is where you can go and pick it up. But uh, Finn, I will look forward to speaking to you again next Tuesday, where hopefully nobody else has got in a fight by then. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Yeah, well, this you know we've got collision, we've got Big Show Sunday. I mean, maybe it's all going to kick. I mean, we know there's going to be a big kickoff at some point. We yeah. know there's going to be. It's go. It's going to happen at some point, unless. Tony Khan does what we've been advising him to do. So, yeah, uh, yeah we better just brace ourselves for that one, Kenny. Yes, indeed. Um, right, okay, well, yeah, we'll be back next week and we'll hopefully not have too much, too many fights to talk about. So uh, thank you for all your support, everybody, and we'll talk to you soon. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.